God bless you, everyone. My name is Pastor Jose Martinez. I am the pastor here at the Resurrection Center in the beautiful city of Springfield, Massachusetts. We are located on 1060 Worcester Street, Indian Orchard. For more information about our ministry, please log on to our website at www.resurrectionspringfield.org. Or you could follow us on all social media platforms at TRC. 413. Thank you for joining us today as we continue on the series, The Keys of the Kingdom. We're going to be reading Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. So if we could be on our feet, if we're physically able to show reverence to the Word of God, Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. We're going to be reading from the New King James Version. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. And the word of the Lord reads. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who, was, who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. We give you thanks, honor, and glory for this word that has been read. We ask you that you give us the wisdom, knowledge, and understand it to apply it to our daily lives. And the church of God says, amen. amen. You could all be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. God is so good. Amen. I believe these 21 days of fasting have opened many of our eyes in more ways than one. And we understand that America is in crisis right now. We understand that the world is in crisis. There is an unrest and uneasy feeling on the face of the planet. Whether you live on this side of the planet or on the other side of the planet, we can honestly say that all seven continents are feeling the effects of the coronavirus. But in the midst of all of this, God is waiting on the church to respond on his behalf. How can we respond on God's behalf if we don't know how to operate under the supernatural authority that he has given them if we leave our keys unattended? God has given us a set of keys to operate on this earth 
You're stressed because you choose to. You're depressed because you choose to. You're living in bondage because you choose to. Many other things that you're facing right now, you shouldn't be facing. You are facing them because you embrace them. It is time for you to enjoy what God has given you. Amen? According to the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul makes it clear, especially in verse 8. Chapter 8, verse 8, he says, So then, who are you in the flesh is carnal and cannot please God? Our actions and our attitudes are an attribute of our hearts. And how we respond to situations reflect who we really are. We are blaming others for the things that are taking place in our lives. But God is looking onto you and to the actions and the attitudes that you are taking based on the word that he has established. Because what God has established to begin with gives you a foundation how to live on this planet earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So today, America's unrest. Today, America's in crisis. But my question is, is the church in crisis? Is the church under stress? Is the church right now feeling the effects of the coronavirus? Let me be honest with you. As a pastor of the kingdom of God, I'm not feeling the effects of corona. You know why? Because the Bible teaches us in Matthew chapter 24 that there are signs of the end times before the coming the second coming of Jesus Christ. And one of those signs is pestilence. Pestilence means what we're living right now. A virus that's under, that's not under control, that went to the extremes of a pandemic. People are living in fear. People are living in, 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 in hostility. And in more ways than one, it's like people have lost sight of who they are. But when your trust is on God and you know who you are in Christ Jesus, there's nothing that should shake you and break you. But everything that you are through Jesus Christ should make you show up for times like this. The children of Christ are not in deficit. The children of Christ are not in crisis. Actually, right now, we're in the best position as a church. Why? Because it gives us the ability to evangelize the word of God and extend the kingdom of God because people are looking for answers. Imagine you going to work Monday morning and speaking about the kingdom of God and giving clarity to people who are living in stress. Who are living depressed. If right now, if you can speak to them that Christ is the only hope. But how is that possible? By you applying the keys that God has given you. Now one of the keys that we spoke about when we opened up this series was the key of obedience. Write that down. If you want to be effective in the kingdom of God, you have to learn how to obey. Let me tell you something. God is a God of order, and God has one voice. 
So if people are telling you opposite to what God has already spoken to you, that is a spirit of deception. And if you give in to that, you will pay the consequences. That's why it's very important to discern the spirit that people carry. Not everyone that speaks the word of God comes from God. The Bible says that in the last days, many false prophets, many, meaning majority of the people that are going to bring the word of God are false prophets. The Bible teaches us how to discern the spirit. How can you discern the spirit if you are completely out of sight of God's nature? Because you have allowed fear to come in. You have allowed deception to come in. Now you're more worried about work. You're more worried about your finances. You're more worried about your house. But the house of the Lord you give no priority. How can you demand something you ain't giving? You know why there's order in my house? Because I'm under order. I cannot give, okay? I cannot dish out what I'm not applying. I cannot demand what I'm not giving. As a husband, as a father, as a spiritual father, as a pastor, as a leader, I cannot demand what I'm not giving. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So as a congregation, as people of God, we must understand that God is for us, not against us. God is for us, not against us. And God brings these issues and these topics to your spirit so that you as an individual can recognize that your ways are not working. And that you need him to intervene in your behalf. But in return, God needs your cooperation. Say with me, cooperation. 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 If God said it, believe it. There are dream catchers out there in the spiritual realm that are catching your dreams because you're allowing them. If God has promised you that he will bless you, you stand on that word during a pandemic and even during good season, in season or out of season, I'm going to stand rooted on the word of God because as long as I'm applying the word of God in my life, God is faithful. God is faithful. As a matter of fact, God is obligated to bless you. Are you hearing me, church? Look at me and say obedience. Obedience. Keys symbolize in the Bible, in the New and in the Old Testament, power and authority. That's what keys symbolize. Power and authority. You could find it in the Old Testament, in the 39 books, or you could find it in the 27 books of the New Testament. Keys represent power and authority. The more keys you have, the more power and authority you have, the more access you have. Amen? How many of you are supervisors in, in your own field? How many of you are managers? How many of you are bosses? I, I could look at your keychain and I could determine how many rights have been delegated to you. Am I right or wrong? Or how much access codes, especially if you're living in, the new, in, in this new millennium, you get access codes. You don't get keys, but those are keys in more ways than one. So you have access to tap into things or to go into things that others can't go into. Now, they gave you those keys because they entrusted in you. Am I right or wrong? 
Or you just give your keys to everyone. Huh, Dave? We don't give our keys just to anyone, right? We don't give access just to anyone, amen? But many of us have lost the importance of the keys of the kingdom, and that's why we're under the same crisis that America is currently in right now. That's why many of us can't sleep. That's why many of us cannot obtain or see a way out. And God is saying, shame on you. Who took your keys? Where are your keys? Let me tell you something. Everywhere I go, I make sure I put my keys in my pocket. Why? Because there are people that tend to leave their keys on the table. Leave their keys just anywhere. And when it's time to go, your keys are nowhere to be found. I make sure I secure my keys. Why? Because without my keys, I'm not able to get to where I want to get. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, these keys that the Spirit is speaking today are spiritual keys. So if you want to be effective in the kingdom of God, stop arguing God's order and start doing what God has commanded you to do. And that means to be obedient. Obedience brings blessings. Obedience brings favor. How many of you need favor? I need favor every day, every day, every day. I don't need no one to vouch for me. I need God's favor. I don't want to depend on no one. I want to depend on what God has said. So in order for I to receive favor from God, I have to be obedient, whether I like it or not, whether I agree or not. It's not about what I want. It's not what I think. It's what God has established. And that is the argument with the human being rebellion against God that's why you see a lot of spiritual sons and daughters not serving God today because they allow and gave a place to the spirit of rebellion to come against the word of God no it church should be done this way I should be a minister by now I should be doing this under whose authority are you operating under because let me tell you something one of the things that I like about process that it brings progress if you don't want progress in your life then stop going through the process but if you want progress in your life start going through the process every time that you overcome something access is granted new levels new devils are you hearing what i'm saying if you cannot, if you're still struggling with the same devils that you were struggling in 1999 and you've been in the kingdom for the last 20 years and you have not yet accomplished anything, don't blame nobody but you. Because the more you are obedient, the more the presence of God radiates over you. Seek me and you will find me. Seek me when? When the pastor tells you? When your wife reminds you to pray, to fast, to read the Bible? My wife doesn't need to remind me when to pray or when to fast. I do that. That comes to me like second nature. Yesterday we were leaving the house and she said, well, what's going on? It, 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 are you okay? I, I heard you mumbling something when you were coming out the door from the car. And I said, no, I was praying. I was interceding because I saw something. 
And I began to intercede against it. I, I didn't sit in the car and explain to her what I was seeing, then pray. No, pray. Pray right there. Cancel what you saw. Amen. That it's not of God. Amen. The spiritual concept of key allows us to live a life effective and in abundance here on earth. There are many of you that want to go to heaven. And God is saying, I don't need you in heaven right now. I need you on earth. Embrace your life. Because the angels that were created to worship me want to be in earth speaking my word. They desire that. And that wasn't given to them. It was given to you. You only have one life. And what you do with that life will determine where you go. Heaven or hell. There's no in between. There's no in between. And rebellion will get you to the father of rebellions, which is the devil. So never allow deception to creep into your heart where you go against the order of God. Be obedient even when it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good right now being in this 21-day fast for most of you. Especially when everybody's inviting you to their cookout. Especially when you're driving down the street in these pincho trucks. Pinchos are like shish kebabs. But we Spanish people go overboard with our pinchos. We saturate them with seasoning and, and all these high sodium items. And then we find ourselves in the doctors receiving a report that we rebuke. The first key was obedience. And what that means is to establish and allow what God has intended to take place. The second key that we spoke about is knowledge. Knowledge gives you the ability to execute power. How to implement the kingdom behaviors in your life that forever change your life to a better lifestyle of living. It's not the way you used to do things. You see, we get saved and we come to the kingdom of God, but the ghetto stays in us too. And the way we think and the way we reasoning, that's the way the kingdom of God should be. No, it doesn't work that way. Knowledge gives you the ability to discern that your ways are not good ways. And all of that ghettoness, all of that rebellion, all of that hurt, all of that pain, all of those things that you accumulated through the years come to nothing when you come into the kingdom of God. That's why you know people of the kingdom of God. They talk different. They act different. They stand out. Amen. They're people that go from glory to glory. In other words, they don't waste time. Time is very valuable. They don't spend hours on social media following people that are not going nowhere. Let me tell you something. If you don't have nothing for me that's going to help me become a better person, I don't want it. And, and many people today waste countless hours that they will never get back watching nothing but nonsense. On YouTube, reading comments on Facebook, oh, 
causing wars in, in Facebook and Twitter and all of that. Let me tell you something. If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. And if you are going to say something, get ready for criticism. And if you can't handle criticism, then don't say nothing. That's why the people that make the big bucks let pity stuff go. If you are allowing offenses to steal your peace, you will always be a slave to your own ignorance. Are you hearing me, church? God is good. Give him a round of applause. When you apply the key, which is the second key of the kingdom knowledge, change becomes evidence of you. You can see it. You can feel it. It becomes tangible. Very tangible. Amen? You don't need to tell anyone who you are. They will remind you of who you are because of the way you conduct yourself. But everything in balance... Are you hearing what I'm saying? And what I mean by that, if, if you decide to go to the beach, to the park, you're not going to sit there and, and, and bring your Bible. You know, you're going to enjoy yourself. Amen. There, there's a place for everything. And sometimes we take the, the word of God literally where we become religious. Amen. And what I mean by religious is that we all we think is about one thing. No, God has given us a life and he wants us to enjoy, but put things in its perspective. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's okay to fast. It's okay to pray. It's okay to read the Bible. But when it's time for family, when it's time to entertain, you have to keep in mind that not everybody's where you're at. And sometimes you got to come down to bring people up. Stop making, feel, stop making people feel little. little. Respect them. Love them. Amen? And if they don't understand where you're at, ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to give you the sermon, wisdom, knowledge, so that you can go down, not stay down, but bring them up with you. And that's where knowledge becomes effective. Amen? And the third key, the one that we're going to talk about today, that's only the intro. <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, we go, we go, it looks like we're going to be here for a long time today. Amen. <laughs> the third key is wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to think and perform based on experience. But listen to this. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 describes wisdom as the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One's insight. So, in other words, there are two types of wisdom. There is human wisdom, and then there's godly wisdom. The human wisdom is learned by experience. The godly wisdom is learned by relationship. If you have no relationship with the Father, you're not going to receive any godly wisdom. Many of us have wisdom. But I question your wisdom. Is your wisdom based on the human experiences that you have had through the years? Or is your wisdom the godly wisdom? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Write that down. That's very important. 
Because I hear some people giving thumbs up and likes to people that speak wisdom. But when I look at their fruits, their fruits are so far away from God's fruits. And that's how it's measured by the fruits. Anyone could talk to you good words and caring words and loving words. But not everyone has your best interest or intent. There are people that do that just to take advantage of you. And they do it in the name of God. Hey, pastor, God told me that you were going to bless me and give me a new car. My reaction is, when hell freezes over, I rebuke the devil. Where you came up with that? Hey, pastor, the Lord told me that you were going to give me a million dollars. I'm still waiting for mines. (laughs) Godly wisdom is the key that gives us access to the inside of God. So when we receive the inside of God, it reveals itself to us through revelation. So we're able to understand the will of God and the plans of God in our lives. We need revelation. God, where do you want me to be? That's a question that you should ask yourself if you have no idea where you are right now. God, is this the church for me? Is this the church you have for me? Is this the house you want for me? Is this the car you want for me? If you're single, please pray this. Lord, reveal to me who's going to be my husband or my wife and also get me ready. You just don't want to marry someone that you have no idea was never intended from God for me to you. Amen. And that's where we make mistakes because we allow our feelings to override the facts. It's facts over feelings all day every day. Are you hearing me? Amen. Give God a round of applause. Come on church. Human wisdom is very dangerous in more ways than one. And I'm going to tell you this through the scripture. James chapter 3 verse 15 says, okay, James chapter 3 verse 15 says, This wisdom is not, is not the one that comes from above, but it is earthly, natural, and demonic. Bible. James chapter 3 says that verse 15. 15, that human wisdom is earthly, natural, and demonic. Who's giving you advice? Pastor or Pookie and Tookie? How are you going to ask Pookie and Tookie how to help you how to save money? When Pookie and Tookie ain't got no money. Well, pastor, I don't know what I was thinking. You fool. They're going to mislead you. When I want good advice and good counsel, I go to men like Dave, men of character, men like ministers like Wayne, the apostle, my wife. People who have a track history of success. I'm asking Pookie and Tookie. Pookie and Tookie don't have nothing. Well, you know, I just felt led. Led by what? By your emotions. 
How you gonna ask Pookie and Tuki to move over to your house so they can help you pay the rent? For, it's only for a few months. No, it's gonna turn into a lifestyle. It's gonna turn into oh man. Let me just stay quiet before I get in trouble. So I know people watching. I don't know why. I don't know why God always sets me up for this. It's like He puts that my, His word in me and 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 I, anyways. Let's just keep it there. Amen. That's why in church today, we have wars between leaders and pastors because men who given themselves to God lose sight that the kingdom of God operates under the essence of the Holy Spirit, which teaches us how to run a church. But now you want to implement things that you think are to work that are not of God. And that's when demonic spirits are being released in the church. So instead of having a worship team, you have a worship team, a worship team, a war in it. You don't have a worship team now in churches. You have a war. I thank God that I learned that at such a young age. Never put anyone in position that has not been anointed and called by God. I believe that all of us at one point or another are going to be called and anointed by God publicly so that we can flow in the ministry. But sometimes prematurely because we want to make things happen and we want to draw a crowd and we want to bring people in and we want to make them feel good. We put people in position that are not ready to be in those positions. And then you pay the price because you got to clean up the mess. I learned that in more ways than one. I learned that in my previous church when I was a youth minister. Let me tell you something. When I was in the world and I was involved in the gangs, when the gang leader spoke, everyone listened. And let me tell you something. Our gang leader, he was about like 5'2". And when he spoke, he spoke like he was 7 feet tall. And if anybody had a problem with the leader, if anyone spoke against the leader, woo, they, you were, it was coming. It was coming. There was a lot of beatdowns that were given in my time. In the days that I was involved in the gangs. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? But when it comes down to church, we forget about rules and regulations. We want to run things our way. And our way is not God's way. Remember that. Never find yourself on the other side of God. You always want to find yourself on the right side of God. Amen? So when God tells you to stop, when God tells you to go, when God tells you to leave, when God tells you to release, you do that. Amen? You don't sit there and compromise with sinful things. Because when you do that, you find yourself in a predicament that will bring consequences give God a round of applause for that word God will call accountable the pastor the leader of the church that resides on the place where God has placed him understand this God will deal with me accordingly you pray for me are you hearing what I'm saying don't rebel against authority. You're setting yourself up 
for God to judge you. David said, who am I to touch God's anointing? Now David had a reason to kill Saul because Saul was after him. But David said, no, no, I'm not the one. Today we don't physically kill people, but we do kill them by saying negative things. We kill their reputation by sowing seeds that you know are not right or, or, or gossiping and all these things. You got to be careful who you put mouth on. Let me tell you something. I'm a man under authority, and I'm very careful how I speak about other ministers or ministries. Why? Because some of the things that I see don't pertain to me to begin with. That's them and God. If they want to do whatever they want to do in their church, at the end of the day, they're going to give account to God. I'm going to make sure that this church is running the way God wants it to run. Because I'm replaceable. God don't need me. I need God. All of us are replaceable. If you take your duties at the church lightly, let me tell you something. God will replace you and somebody else will come and do and you will lose not only the anointing that God has given you, but the benefits that come with it. As long as you do what God has called you to do, your house will prosper. Now you might say, Pastor, I don't see my house prospering. I'll take you to a homeless person in the city of Springfield that will trade everything that they have to have your place. Just because your house is not the, the biggest house or the most beautiful house, it's still a place. Maybe your car is not reliable, but you have a car. Hello? 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 I never forget where God brought me from. And I will never forget that. And the day that I forget that, God remove me and take away from me everything that I have. I thank God for a glass of water. I thank God for a hot pocket. There was a time in my life and I couldn't afford a hot pocket. Now we all bougie. I don't eat that. I don't eat that. I don't eat that. I don't, don't eat nothing. I'll eat it. You know what's the most frustrating thing? You want to get me upset? Go to a restaurant with me and leave half of that meal and don't eat it. Let alone wrap it up and take it home. No, I don't want that. I'm not going to eat it later. It, it drives me nuts to see how sad people can be. Why someone in a third world country will eat the crumbs from your plate. I don't want that. I don't. Then why you ask for it? You want to see the other side of me? Don't ask for something that you ain't going to eat. Don't ask for it. I, I, I watch the kids. I see them when they go to the fridge. I say, hey, wait a minute. You haven't not finished eat, drinking that Kit Capri or that Capri Sun, whatever it is, and you already opened it. Oh, I don't like the red one. Well, why you grab the orange to begin with? I'd be interrogating the kids. My goddaughter, Bella, she shook for coming over. I'll be like, you want to come here? You, you, you only have one option. She'd be looking at me with her droopy little eyes, you know, that beautiful face trying to win me over. And she finally understood, okay, babe, that means it's okay. She will take whatever I give her, amen? God is good, amen? 
Let me, let me tell you something, church. God is allowing us to see things that we never saw before. And if we're not careful, we can fall victim to these things. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 4 says, very clearly, the Apostle Paul says that the righteous are requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit amen so what the apostle paul here is presenting two ways of life based on decisions he says walk according to the flesh and follow your sinful desires as one who lived in their old ways the way you do things. Now, when you receive God, you have to give that up. You have to give up those old ways. You have to desire God's ways. Amen? That means that God is willing and able to meet you in the place of change. How many of you want change? For the better. How many of you want to wake up in the morning and say, I don't have to yell at these kids. I don't have to yell at my husband. I don't have to yell at my wife because everything is falling in its place. Let me tell you something. Become the change that you want to see. Model that. Pick up after yourself as well. You see people always demanding and they the less ones giving or doing. God is so good. The second way, according to the Spirit, to follow and desire the Holy Spirit and desire the things of God, to live in a way that is pleasing to Him. That's what the Apostle Paul is trying to get the church in Rome to understand. If you want the kingdom of God to be effective in your life, you're going to have to change the way you do things. And you have to align yourself with the Holy Spirit so that you can do all things that are pleasing to God. Let me tell you something. Some of the things that you are doing right now, have you questioned, are they really pleasing God? Like, for example, if you're overworked, the Bible talks about the day of rest. And for each and, one, each and every one of us to have a day of rest. Whatever day that is for you, whether it's a Saturday, a Monday, or Tuesday, there has to, you have to abide by the things that have been established because when you don't rest, you are prone to make mistakes and decisions that were driven by your flesh and not the spirit. That's why when I'm not convinced about something, I'd rather sleep on it before making a decision. I don't say yes to everything, and I don't say no to everything. I make sure, I'm, I'm not sure about this. Let me sleep on it. Let, let me see what the, what the Spirit of the Lord tells me. Should, should I pursue this? Should I continue with this? Because the last thing that I want to do is do something that makes me feel good, but it's against the will of God. There are many right now that say, oh, I don't need to go to church. I, I got church at home. But who's supervising you at home? 
No, pastor, I'm, I'm good. You know, God, God is doing something at me at the house, you know. And, and when I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'll, I'll come back. Let me tell you something. That is a lie of the enemy because any given moment right now as you're watching me, you can shut this thing off. You can just turn it on in the areas that you like. And you can turn it off in the areas you don't like. And usually the areas you don't like is confrontation when you're being confronted. My daughter checked me in more ways than one. I, I used to reprimand my daughter for many things. And one day she said, Daddy, you told me I wasn't supposed to do that. Why are you doing that? The first thing I felt like saying was like, shut up. <laughs> or, or remember this, don't tell your mom. Don't tell your mom. Don't tell your dad. I was at Macy's with his car buying stuff. Don't tell him, don't tell him. Don't tell your mom that I was drinking the soda from the soda bottle and I Don't tell your mom I dropped her lunch and I put it. <laughs> Five second rule. <laughs> She'd be like, I didn't know there was bones in this chicken. I didn't know the chicken had hair. Honey, I bought the chicken at a new place. <laughs> it was in the clearance aisle. Pluck your own feathers. <laughs> Honesty is the best policy. So when you <laughs> You know why y'all laughing? Because y'all is guilty as me. Y'all is guilty as me. You is, yes, you is, Jabari. You is guilty. Looking at me like you've been saved all your life. <laughs> Come on, give God a round of applause. <laughs> God is good, amen. It's some good word, amen. Your results are based on the decisions that you make. If you don't like what you're, do, what you're dealing with today, check your decision making. Hello? I don't like these people coming over my house. Why you invite them to begin with? Hello? Hello? I don't, wear, I don't like the way I look in this clothes. Go to the gym. Do some weight. Make some adjustments. Go to Florida. Get a tummy tuck. Amen. They ain't quarantined down there. They're making money down there. Everybody down there. Especially nowadays. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to do it, by all means. Amen. Just don't give me the bill because I ain't paying for it. Amen. Make better decisions. I'm always tired. Go to sleep early. Hello? SUV, UV, 90 day fiance. Hey, you got on demand. Watch it tomorrow. Blu ray it, videotape it, put the old cassette in the old VCR. Do whatever you got to do. Amen. Oh, that's too old school for y'all. Yeah. Yeah, like pastor, VHS, we streaming now. 
We'll have somebody watch it for you and then they'll tell you tomorrow what happened. And if you don't like the way they tell you, then make any other arrangements. Amen. But if you're tired, go to bed early. Oh, pastor, you don't understand these kids. Don't let me sleep. Well, let me pay you a visit. I'll get them kids in bed early for you. You might not like it the way I do it, but we'll get the job done. Am I right or wrong? My mom used to say, one, two, don't let her get to three. She jump in that room faster than Spider-Man. You won't know what hit you. Now today the kids, oh my Lord, we in trouble. We millenniums are in trouble. That's why I thank God that I'm an 80s kid. 80s, where the 80s people at? 80s were the best years, was the best decade. Oh, original baby, 80s, Reagan's kids. <laughs> I know some of you are saying, Pastor, I wasn't born in the 80s. I was born in the 70s. 70s were good, too. So, I w- so were the 60s. Amen. But 2020... You don't know who's the father, who's the mother, who's the son, who's the daughter, who's running the house, who's not running the house. Are you kidding me? Everybody has a television in their room with DVR, Netflix, Hulu, cable. We have one TV, and it was in a, it looked like a coffin, if I could describe it. A furniture TV, that's what they used to call them. Big old, you remember the old television? And everybody had to sit around the TV and watch what the one with the control had in mind. If mommy was watching novelas from 7 to 9. Now we have a debate. I don't want to watch it. Oh, okay, okay, baby. Just because you, you, you know, go ahead, watch TV. I'll go to the room and cry to Jesus. I always have that mindset and mentality like Smokey from Friday. You didn't put in this man. That's why I tell my daughter, you didn't put into this cable bill. You didn't put into this. What's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? They don't even ask for permission nowadays. They switch the channel right in front of you. You come home. You don't want paying all the bills. You want to watch the news. No, el nene is watching Spongebob. You're going to have to wait. What? What kind of nonsense is that? No wonder America's in crisis. You better get off the TV before I make the TV. What do you mean by that, Pastor? When I'm on channel 22? <laughs> Father put a whooping on it. <laughs> oh, 
Or if you're not from here, channel 40, channel 3, whatever channel, I'll be on that channel. I'll be your honor. Lock me up. I deserve the sentence because I did the right thing. Wow. Wow. How many of you are enjoying yourself today? Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. God is good. Godly wisdom allows you to make sound judgment decisions. Sound judgment decisions. That's what godly wisdom does. It allows you to make sound judgment decisions. Rather than it be based on your feelings, it's based on facts, evidence, and things that are there. You know, we as Christians and as believers, we set ourselves up in more ways than one. And I see it all the time. I was a victim of my own ignorance for many years. I was singing songs in the church. I was participating. I was doing all kinds of things for the church. I was in behind the scenes. I was working with the cameras. I was working with the sound. I was doing everything. I ran every single base in the church. And I was completely disconnected from God. I was pleasing more the pastor than what I was pleasing God. And when the pastor let me down, I wanted God to come and rescue me. Let me tell you something. If you look up to me more than you look up to God, shame on you. Because I will let you down. I'm human. I might not rub you the way you want to get rubbed. I might say something to you you might not like. So get ready for offense, but it's how you react to the offense that determines your relationship with the Father. Because Jesus expects for us to forgive. He told Peter, forgive, I say, forgive seven times seven. That means 490 times a day. That means every three minutes, someone has to offend you, and you have to forgive. Some of you are living prisoners on an offense that was done to you years ago. Get over it. You'd be surprised the people that offended you. They have no clue and they're living their life and they're doing all kinds of things. And here you are so miserable. You're, you're, you're talking about it at lunch. You're talking about it at dinner. You're talking about it in the shower. You're everywhere you go. Everybody has to know what you went through. Can you believe this chick? She sees me in church, and she work at Chick-fil-A, and she doesn't even come and give me my order. For real, she got some nerves. Wait until I see her in church. And now in church, you, you built the, the, the Christian gang club. The click club, you know, you know, I got my boys over here, my church boy. We were against those other church boys. How are you going to be against somebody that's for you to begin with? They're wearing the same jersey you wearing and the same number. Just let me be exact, number seven, because it's a number of perfection. That's the number we're all wearing. And instead of collaborating, cooperating, working together, we're working against each other. And the devil is having a feast. The same peace that I have at home, I desire for each and every one of you. That's my prayer every day. You think I delight myself to hear about your situation? No, it breaks my heart and I pray for you. I want the best for you. 
I want you to prosper. I want you to achieve. I want you to succeed. I want you to be that person that God created and intended for you to be. But it's only up to you, not up to me. We're running this race together. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm carrying my cross. You got to carry your cross. I can't carry your cross and carry my cross. Because if I carry your cross and I carry my cross, I'm going to faint. I'm going to give up. I'm going to die. And we have to be careful with that. Are you hearing me, church? I'm just going to touch on this very quickly, and I'm going to go right into five ways how we can allow wisdom to be implemented in our lives and work its, its place. And one of the things that I want to mention, especially when it comes down to families, let me tell you something. God created the family. According to Genesis chapter 2, God created the family. He established them. And in Genesis chapter 2 verse 24, he gives directions to Adam and Eve. He says, a man shall leave his home and join to his wife and become one. Then in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1, he tells Abraham, leave again your father's house, your country, and I will take you to a land that I will show you. Now, the reason why God was saying that to them, because the issue that we have today in most of our lives as individuals, that we have too many people in our business. And the ones that can hurt you the most are the ones closest to you. The word in Hebrew means, literally, it means in Hebrew. This is what the word means. It means to go out, to exit, to forsake, to lose, to abandon. Let me tell you something. Many of the issues that you are currently going through, you are bringing them upon yourself because you have yet to stand straight and speak what you have established as a family. In other words, that you have, taken, you have not taken the opportunity to place things in order. And that's why your family and your friends are creating havoc around your life. They're creating all kinds of things. And, and you're waiting for God to come from heaven and be able to rescue you. That's not going to happen. Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Now... We see in Genesis chapter 13, verse 5 through, through 13, where, Lot, uh, where Abraham and Lot have an issue. And in verse 9, Abraham steps up, which it was Abram at the time, and he says to Lot, if you go left, I will go right. In modern day terms, to, uh, theory, and the way that I want to describe it to you, the wisdom comes from you understanding that if you go north, I go south. If you go east, I go west. There is a principle and an order that needs to be placed in order to create a solid foundation. And many of you have the, king, have the key of wisdom and you're not using it properly. You are allowing yourself in more ways than one to be a victim of you. You have to establish standards in your life. If you want the key of wisdom to be effective in your life, you have to stick on the decision that you have made. Amen? 
even if it doesn't.